How do you leverage emotional intelligence to create the life, relationship, and business of your dreams? I've spent over a decade studying, speaking, and coaching on emotional intelligence. And in this podcast, I share the exact principles and strategies my clients have used to earn seven-figure incomes, heal their relationships, get engaged after years of failed relationships, and step into their authentic power to become the leaders they came here to be. Let's do this. Welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited to be here and I have Dan with me today to continue on our series of top three lessons from 2023. And this one is our top three relationship lessons of 2023. And since we are in relationship together, I thought it would be great to bring Dan on. Hey guys, it's a pleasure to be back and I am looking forward to getting stuck into this episode. We have, I think, a a few valuable lessons (laughs) uh, that we can take away from this episode. Yeah, definitely. So I will start with lesson number one. Now again, um, this is, you know, focusing on what we specifically learned this year. Of course, we've learned a lot of things over the years that we've been in relationship with other people and then with ourselves, but that these were the lessons that we really began to integrate and embody this year. So number one is that adversity can actually bring you closer together. So one of the things about the relationship that I've had with Dan that has been very different from previous relationships is that there was basically zero conflict. So there was we're very low drama, we're very loving and considerate of each other, and there's just such a high trust factor. I've shared on a previous episode how when we first got together, there was a lot of people, uh, you know, with opinions and um, people like from, I don't know, his past that were wanted to say something about the relationship. And I really had already made a decision that I was going to be with him and that I trusted him. And if I didn't trust him, then why am I even with him? That's a piece of advice already for the ladies out there. If you don't trust him, why are you there? So I had already decided to trust him. Um, And so we had a great relationship. We really did. And especially considering that our relationship uh, dynamics in that, you know, I have a a daughter from a previous relationship and there's been some, you know, friction there, even despite that. And then raising two small children, our relationship has been pretty amazing. We have not had had anything that really disrupted. And this year, We did. And it was interesting because it was right when we kind of started making plans for the wedding that something happened within our relationship that really rocked us. And I think for other relationships um, and maybe even us in previous relationships, it could have gone so differently. But the fact that um, we were in pain from the situation that happened, it really allowed both of us to show our true colors in terms of how we were going to respond to this adversity. And I was feeling very hurt and and I expressed my pain and I expressed my my hurt. And, you know, Dan could have taken a, a lot of different 
avenues, including try to minimize it, trying to be like, it's not a big deal, maybe gaslighting, um, maybe just being a bit avoidant, like, oh, I just need to give her space, none of which would have been helpful. Um, but rather he leaned in and was like, how can I make this better? How can we, you know, how can I be there for you? And he just held me while I cried, which was exactly what I needed. Um, and it was so crazy because the way that we healed from that actually made us stronger because we had never been through adversity like that. We'd never been through anything that rocked us like that. And so I'd never been able to witness how he would show up with me if something like this did happen. And he showed up for me and in in a situation where I could have felt very abandoned, very um, neglected, um, unloved and all those things, he like doubled down on that for me. And uh, importantly too, I think this is a really important point, is when we are in pain and we express our pain as women, sometimes we don't sound so loving. Sometimes we don't sound so refined and it takes a mature masculine to... Uh, bear witness to that and stand there and not retaliate, not run away, not um, be passive aggressive and fully take it. It was like if I could draw like a um, a picture uh, and I don't know why my mind is going so dramatic, but it was like I was throwing arrows and like he was standing there like a warrior, like not at all phased by it, taking the arrows of my pain and just being like there with open arms. I'm going to get emotional even thinking about it. Oh my gosh. Um, but it was extremely healing. And in a situation which, number one, could have torn us apart. Number two, could have really, I don't know, just caused a rift between us. And that's really what I see in in relationships. It's something happens in a relationship where someone doesn't feel safe. And rather than having difficult, challenging conversations, people kind of you know, retract a little bit from each other. And it's just like this low-lying resentment that builds. And then, you know, when they do something else that's annoying, it just builds a little bit more and it builds a little bit more. And that's why people with like avoidant um, attachment styles and people who are not good communicators end up being in these um, kind of uh, roommate relationships. And they're not even really loving that person anymore because there's so much what was compounded low-level resentment to now straight-up resentment, straight-up don't even like care about this person. And I feel like we were able to heal that. And that was, I guess for me, I guess probably the first time that I've had adversity like that happen where I felt like we got closer. And not in a toxic cycle. This is important too. Because sometimes, and I'm sure we've all been there. I know I've been there. I think you've spoken of situations where you've been there too, Dan, where um, you get into these explosive fights with someone. And because you know there's chemistry and there's sexual attraction with them, you have this explosive argument and there's pain there's so much pain but then you look at that person and there's like that chemistry again and you and then there's like that that lust and then you like maybe have like makeup sex or and then it's like you almost like love bomb each other for a couple days after that but the thing was is that wasn't fully healed what that what what sex was used essentially is to put a Band-Aid over where there's a massive cut and there, it's, it was doing nothing to remedy the situation. But 
it was the easier avenue to take. And this was the first time that I experienced pain, but fully healed within the relationship from the pain and felt safe and protected by the person who who in my perspective hurt me, but also I was hurting him back. And what I mean by that, I wasn't intentionally hurting him back. I was I was hurt. And so I was not showing up at my highest level. And he witnessed that and was able to hold space for me. Um, and I hope that makes sense because, you know, like our relationship is very sacred and the details of it are not important, but I think the lessons are and what we can pull away from it. So I don't know if there's anything you want to add to that specific point because I know you've got other ones too. Yeah, well, I think my my first lesson is also sort of related to that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I do, I just want to say that it is, that was the first time that we went through anxiety in the relationship. I, I remember feeling so anxious and so heartbroken within the relationship and we really had to feel into that. And one of the comments um, once we sort of started to move through that is I just, I said to you, babe, like, I just, no matter what, I always want to do the work with you. Like, I'm always willing to do the work and, you know, grow together. And I, it just made me realize even more, like, I was, I'm already obsessed with you. And I think everyone can see that. But it just showed me even more of how grateful I was and how much more I wanted this relationship. Um, so that leads into my first lesson. And, and the lesson of that for me was to really making sure. I close out and clean up my my past a, a more. Like I'm the kind of person that uh, doesn't really look too much into the past. Once it's done, it's done, and I just sort of move on. But there was things there that I could have cleaned up and closed out a lot better, uh, and that left a, a bit of an open door and an energy for to come in and affect us. And I didn't see it before that, so that was a lesson for me to go, "Wow, these things actually matter." What I thought was innocent in, in from where I was coming from was far from innocent, and. You know, if, if anyone can take uh, something out of that, it's things in the past do still matter if you haven't closed them out properly or cleaned them up properly. Um, and like Mars said, the details of that, I said, we, we, that's a different topic and a different day. But um, if there's anything hanging around from your past that may need to be closed out, you should really look at doing that. Mm. Um, and I, I guess it's hard, it might be hard from the other end of this to um, grasp what that is, but... No, I think that totally makes sense. And um, also thinking about what when you were saying that it wasn't a big deal for you because mm. it didn't mean anything significant to you. But to me, as the partner in this, it's like when when you said, hey, it's not a big deal, and I said, it is a big deal, you immediately acknowledged that it was a big deal. Mm. It didn't need to be a big deal for you. The fact that it was a big deal for me was enough. And I think that's a, that's a teaching moment right there is that it's not about how you perceive it. It's about how also your partner perceives it. And, you know, this is where, um, resentment can start bubbling up in relationships. When, if I said to you, this is a big deal. And you said, it's not fucking get over it. Mm. That would have been really hurtful out of character also but it would have been hurtful and I would have um not felt safe and it would have caused something within our relationship that is like this person is not respecting you know my boundaries this person this person is prioritizing his feelings 
over my feelings. Mm. And when you're in a healthy, safe relationship, it's like, you know, and this isn't to say that you should all, like, if your wife is crazy, you need to always acknowledge and validate everything she thinks. But, you know, sometimes women go crazy because they've, it's, they've gone so long without being validated that now everything pisses them off because they were never fully seen or they've given you an opportunity to be seen for you to see them and you haven't grasped it. Um, and so I think that was an opportunity where it could have gone like one way or, or another. But when I said, hey, this is actually this is actually a big deal. This is not okay. You were like, it switched with you because it wasn't even about what you thought anymore. It was the fact that it was what I believed and mm. how it impacted my emotions. And that that's what broke my heart. I felt like I failed you. To see mm. you hurt like that because we've never been hurt in our relationship. We've never hurt each other. We've always been so honest. We've always had such an amazing relationship. And I was absolutely devastated that I had hurt you. It wasn't that a, it wasn't that a, um, what had happened, it, it was more of the fact that how it affected you mm-hmm. that really got me so upset. Mm-hmm. And it took a few weeks of mm. feeling those emotions of sadness, of anxiety, of, of worry. Um, and yeah. That, that's an important note that it did take several weeks for us to navigate through like that. Every time I'd go, go away, leave you again for work, I'd just get riddled with anxiety. And it's just, it was just, it was weird because we have never felt anything like that. And, and to be it, honest, yeah. I've never really felt that in any relationship mm. because I haven't had the love and connection and intimacy and, and the kind of relationship that I have with you with anyone else. So it was also a lot more important to me than previous mm. relationships. Mm. You know, So it was, it was really uh, a different experience for us. Uh, yeah. I hope we never experience it again. <laughs> but we, we grew a lot through that and... Yeah. And yeah, we- and I think with my avoidant attachment style, that's like if it, so if I go into wounded patterns, my pattern is to get away from me. I don't want to ever see you again. And so every time you'd get on a plane and leave me, I would go into that and I would have to go through, you know, my self-healing processes where I'd have to calm little Mars because she she wanted to run and she mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, be, and that was the other thing. So I navigated this really interesting, um, you know, process as well, where, like I said, we, we, by literally by any measure, we had a pretty freaking perfect relationship. Like we're always so kind to each other. We're always so considerate. There's never any jealousy. Like it's just, uh, and we're just always like bending over backwards to help each other. We're always just lifting each other up. Like we really do see each other in the best light possible. Like we both are obsessed with each other, admire each other so much. So here I have this idea of my relationship, right? And it is the thing that I am most proud of by far. And then, you know, going into my wounded pattern, it was like, oh my gosh, my relationship is a failure. My relationship isn't what I thought it was. And that, of course, was wounded, scared little Mars, who was, you know, worst case, um, like scenario planning and thinking about like the worst of the worst of a situation. And I had to navigate that. And I, and I had this fear in my mind, like, will our relationship ever be um, the same again? Like it was almost like my, my, the illusion of our relationship had shattered. I even said something around like the, the like smoke and mirrors, like this isn't what I thought it was. And that was painful for him to hear. And that was painful for me to experience. But the beauty of that was like, oh my gosh, like we just got 
so much more connected from that, and I don't think we've ever been closer. Mm-hmm. We just went back to point one, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oops, sorry. But that's okay because they they tie in together. Both yeah. our both our first lessons sort of tie in. So, mm. Mm. Um, oh, while I'm talking, I'll get into lesson two. Yeah. Um, so my second uh, lesson for takeaway from this year was um, it was not getting complacent in your relationship or with your intimacy. And what I mean by that is just making sure we're prioritizing our relationship. There was times throughout the year where I was made aware just through self-reflection and some of the comments that Mars has said over the year um, where I just might have thought, oh, you know what, we're busy, I won't get the date night in, you know, I've got so much going on or we won't prioritize our time. And that would then result in Mars not feeling as close to me as what we normally are because we, we, we really do focus on prioritising our date nights and our alone time and just really checking in with each other and making sure we're getting that quality time alone, away from the kids, away from work because um, it is a hectic life with two young kids and businesses to run and me away half the time and you know there's a lot to take in and, and consider. So I think there was a few times throughout the year where I just realised that complacency and not prioritising ourselves affected our relationship where we had a little bit of a dip and we go okay you know what I'm not feeling as close we're not feeling as good in our relationship we need to we need to make more of that effort to prioritize things and I'd, then I'd go out would organize a date say yep we're going out for here for dinner I've organized the ba- babysitters organized the babysitters uh, and you know we get back on track to where we were so I think you know that being a lesson uh, for us I think you know, a lot of people could take that away because I think that's where the spiral can start. You know, if you start to get complacent in your relationship, that can spiral into much bigger things. And I think that's, um, you know, because Marcia is so in touch with her emotions and communication, we're able to communicate that early. She's able to communicate to me early and we can really pinpoint that early and not let that spiral you know, mm. come into play. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that um, it can be this spiral, isn't it? It's like, especially when you have small children, it's all of a sudden you're like, who is this guy that I'm living with? And being so aware of that and obviously coaching women that have navigated that and then coaching women who, you know, came out of like a 20 years of that and are now single, um, I, I'm conscious of that and we're both present enough to be like, whoa, okay, things are not flowing as well in our relationship as we would like and as we are used to and then we can make um we can make those adjustments but i think a big lesson here and a takeaway for the men um is that that has been you doing that because the feminine like there's a good chance if you are parents she's organizing the kids. She knows where they're going. She knows what they need to be doing. She's organizing most of their lives and extracurricular things. So which actually puts her into her masculine. Um, And if you want her to be receptive to you in her feminine, then it's like we need to take a little bit off of her plate. Plus you're, it's like two birds because you're, you're making her life easier by not putting that date night responsibility on her, but also you're courting her. You're still dating her. And that is like the number one desire of the feminine is to feel desired. Like we want to be adored by our partner and 
when we are not feeling that, like it starts to, to impact us, even the most confident embodied grounded woman, like it doesn't feel good when our partner is not putting that intention on us. So the importance of like continuing to date your wife and you taking the initiative and you really leaning into your masculine, if you show up in your masculine she, you're almost giving her no choice but to submit into her feminine. But if you're just like, oh yeah, whatever, whatever you want to do, now she has to step up and plan and be in her masculine. That's not a turn on for her, whether she's consciously aware or not. This isn't like hot for her. She's like, you know, and then now you like, you want to be intimate and it might take a minute because it's like she's trying to, you know, get now into a different energy and it can take some time. So that like quote unquote foreplay part of business, business, part of your relationship, um, you know, it's throughout the day. It's the touching. It's the kissing. It's the, you know, like our kids, it's like this massive joke of how affectionate we are with each other because our kids love it. They think it's so funny. They think it's kind of gross, but they absolutely love how um, touchy we are with each other, not in an inappropriate way, but in a fun, playful way. Um, And that touch and that connection and that, you know, feeling desired means that your woman stays ready for you. It's not like you have to like wind her up and like, you know what I mean? So just putting in that effort to like be affectionate with her is going to go a long way and treating her like the way that you treated her at the beginning. Like Dan was very, um, what's the word? Persistent? I don't know very in his masculine and that's hot girls like that like we don't want the lazy lion vibes we don't want him just like under the tree just lounging around we want him hunting women want to be hunted i know some feminist is going to come for me with that comment but i'm i stand by it um we want to be hunted by our men in that we want to be desired and that is just a natural part of being in the feminine and when you allow your woman to be desired and to relax into her feminine, she's going to feel like she wants to do all the things for you. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> Go hunt your wife. Well, that was hubby. my second lesson. What was your second lesson? Oh, I thought we were sharing these lessons. Oh. Yeah, so I'm like totally like riding on this guy's coattails okay. because... <laughs> I thought we'd do three lessons each. <laughs> no, so we're going to cool. do three and then you're going to throw him a bonus one. So this is the bonus one. Okay, awesome. Well, this one's a bit more fun. Uh, they're all they're all good, but this one I felt like was really fun for us. It was a really exciting time and how it all happened and and you know, so basically, this lesson was when you really align your goals as a couple, you can really create incredible things and. For us, it was getting our car. And yeah, you can say, well, it was just a car, but it was just the way that it happened mm. and, and so out of, out of the blue and considering... I need to share the sequence of it. Yeah, the, considering the car wait times and all, all of the things that lined up for us, it just made us realise, wow, we manifested that. We created that and we made that happen and it happened so quick because we were so aligned with it and we were so excited about it. Um, so to give you some context, so we... 
you know, we obviously pretty smart with our money, I'd like to think, and cars was on the bottom of the list. It's bad debt, negative debt. Wanted to get the most out of the car that we had, and it got to the point where it broke down for the fourth time <laughs> of the same issue, and the last time that it happened, I said, you know what, I'm not getting a second-hand part. I'm going to get it brand new, and we're going to fix this problem, and we're all good. A few months later, the issue started to come back again on the brand new parts. I said, okay, sounds sounds it's rattling away. It's getting us time. We're done. We I spoke to Masters. Yep, let's get the ball rolling. We know that there's at least a 12-month wait for cars in Australia at the moment. Let's just start. Go, let's go and have a look at some cars this weekend. Anyway, so we did that. I really wanted a Ute, which is a pickup truck for the Americans, and Mars wasn't too keen on that. But yeah, I we, was okay with it, we agreed. It was a dual cab. I missed my four-wheel drives. Let's go and have a look. So we looked at a few, and then we saw the Everest sitting there, and Mars was like, you know what? I really like that one. And in my mind, I was thinking, that actually looks really good. I'd never considered that before, the SUV version. And... Yeah, so we went away. We didn't even look at that car at the time. But then we went away from it and we were talking and I said, well, you know what? That's probably a better family car. An SUV is probably a better family car than the Ute. So let me ring my mate who works at a car dealership and see what we can do. So I rung him on a Friday night. Um, He just got out of the yard. It was closed over the weekend. He goes, I'll give you a call on Monday morning and, uh, and let you know what we can do. So here we are thinking, okay, maybe six months' time, hopefully we get a cancelled order and within six months we might be able to get one earlier than the 12 months. Now, we'll see. But we just kept looking at – we were looking at TikToks, we are looking at reels, we are sending each other photos all day. We were just looking at these cars, we were, this car, we were so excited about it. We pinpointed exactly what colour we wanted, all the details – and then when I spoke to Dan, uh, my mate that works at the dealership... He Shout run- out to Dan. Yes. <laughs> he rung me on the Monday night and he goes, you won't believe it. And I said, what? And he goes, and he sent me a photo of, of the, the car and it was exactly what we wanted. It had the same, all the extras that we wanted. It was the exact colour, had the upgraded rims, the upgraded sound system, everything, all of the little things that we wanted. And he goes, I just got this car in today. It's a cancelled order. It's yours if you want it. Meanwhile, my other friends that I work with that had the same car waited over 12 months for this and only just picked theirs up and, you know, there's just a massive wait for it. And so I rung Mars and said, "Uh, you're not going to believe this. There's a car ready for us. We can take it this week. I know. So crazy. So I want to add some more nuance to what you just shared too. It was a really crazy thing. So we were like saying, okay, we need to get a new car. Dan had been wanting a ute for a long time. So I said, you know what? Let's just get the ute. It's totally fine. I'll get my car another time. I think the responsible thing to do is to get like a family vehicle that's safe and I can get like a luxury car later. We're like, let's just be smart. Let's get Mm. something that... And I'm like, you've been wanting a ute for so long. Let's just do it. He had looked at one before. So... I'm like, let's just do it. So anyway, that's what we went to the car yards for. We were there. We looked at a couple. And um, we had basically decided on the ute. We're like, this one, it it just feels nice. It looks good. Like, this is the one. And literally as we were walking away, okay, and these cars were next to each other because I still have the photos. Mm -hmm. Um, As we were walking away, I'm like, yep, okay, let's just do it. And then I just turned around and I said, but you know what? Like, I prefer that. 
I like literally that's how detached I was from it because to me it kind of just looked like a mom truck like I was like this looks like a mom <laughs> SUV like this is something I would just like feel good about throwing my kids in the back throwing their backpacks like it just was nice um and I'm like yeah I you know like I'm totally good with with the ute but I'd kind of prefer that and we literally left I took a photo of it and we left. And then we started looking at the car online, starting to look at YouTube Lying videos. Laying in bed, looking at Lang- And then we're like, wow, this actually, this car is actually pretty sick. We're like, oh my gosh, we actually really like this car. And then we were watching the reviews and the, the good value for money. Guys, look, we are, we are like what's good value for money type people with certain things like bags, obviously not. But like, you know, with things like this, we're like, we, you know, you can spend like 200000 or you can spend like 80000 and get very similar vibes. We'll go with the eighty thousand dollar cars. So, um, so yeah, we 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 made that decision. We had that car within two weeks. We actually drove it. it out. Drove it home within two weeks from the moment we decided that we wanted that car. We had it in our garage two weeks including later. me being away for that first week yes so it happened that quick yeah it, it was, was just it was just the way that everything lined up well because and, we and asked for we asked for the ute remember we went and we talked to the guy at the um sale car yard and we said to him okay yep this is what we want and he's like okay it's gonna be like 12 it's gonna be 12 months and this is the price and not only did we get it in two weeks, but we also got it for less. We also got it, yeah. We, <laughs> and we better got it, specs. I think over $2,000 cheaper than yep. the other dealership. And, but with better specs. But with better specs. And generally, the market of the car market at the moment, a brand new car that's available right now is easily getting 10000 extra thrown on it. So, mm-hmm. you know, we paid, I think, $79. they would be going for 89 and we just, we just won. We just mm-hmm. really won. And I think, like, you know, the lesson in this is, it's just that when you really align with those goals, the manifestation thing, it's just like we knew it and felt it with everything. We were so excited about it. There was no part of us that was in a state of lack. It was like we knew we were going to get this car. We just didn't know when. And that's really how you do manifest. Mm. When, you, when you go and look at all the manifesting coaches, and edit, the hardest thing is to actually be in that state of receiving. And we just were. We just didn't realize it was going to happen then. Mm. And so that's where I'm trying to get at. It's just like really getting... I just had a realization though. Well, I just had this like cool realization. So because in our mind we were like the next car is going to be like 200 300,000 because remember we saw the 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 car the one you know which one I'm talking about 300,000 one yeah yeah we're like well 300,000 we're like that's insane like that's actually insane like n- absolutely not so because we were thinking that 300,000 we we almost put the car thing out of our head so when we saw something for at a price point that was just so reasonable like it just seemed so little compared to that other price point, which is what made it feel easy for us. And the funny thing is, the second I sat in it, because we actually didn't even test drive it or sit I in know. it. I know. We literally just <laughs> we bought literally this thing. Like, we want it. And then when I got to the dealership and drove it out, I'm like, this feels like a Range Rover. Yeah. It, it feels luxurious. It feels big. It feels smooth. It has that Range Rover feel because we sat in the Range Rover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it really didn't feel a lot different. And mm. for the for the price difference it's really hard to get your head around exactly the, the difference. Yeah. And, you know, okay, yeah, it's not a Range Rover. There's probably certain things in Range Rover that are a little bit more luxurious, but it felt like that. It felt luxurious. It feels great. We absolutely love it. It's 
one of the best decisions yeah, we, we've made. Yeah, we love it. But, it's a, such a good family car. And it honestly, and here's the other thing too. We have two small kids and like, I know you're a lot more precious about it, but I'm not like insane. Like I would be for a $300,000 car if the mm. kids bumped it or whatever. You know what I mean? It's not as like, I don't know. You don't, you're not as obsessed. Like you love it, but it's like, a, it's like a family vehicle. It's a family it just feels car. nice. It's good for our road trips. It's good to take off road. It's great on the road. Yeah. You know, we can do all sorts of It just ticks all the boxes. So going back to your um, lesson though, I really love what you said when you align to your goals, which is why I've been saying to Dan, like I've been working out, like mapping out my goals and I've created my uh, action board and I want to collaborate with him today. We're going to have a date night with our friends. So we're going to get some time to like review our goals and I would really recommend that now you if you're not used to goal setting and if you're not used to goal setting with your husband or wife I hear you no problem you don't have to go into the deep end like how we'll probably do it but maybe it's like hey sitting down and like having a coffee and being like what do we want to achieve as a family next year? Maybe it just needs to be a family goal, like a family, like we're going to go on two holidays or we're going to do this or we're going to, whatever it is as a family and coming together um, as a couple and, and setting a goal. Whereas with us, we're going to be mapping how our lives kind of, I don't know, mesh together a little bit more. Our goals kind of overlap each other. So that's different. But if you don't want to do that, because that doesn't, that's not really how you do your relationship, that's totally fine. Um, and if your husband or wife are completely opposed to it, you can just have a conversation and, and it doesn't need to be so structured. Like I'm anal about stuff. You don't have to be mapping it out. You can just have a conversation and feel like you're on the same page. Cause when you're on the same page, you're a team. Mm-hmm. And when you're a team, it's so good for your kids. It's so good for your family culture. Yes, your family has a culture. Um, and you just, you, you're, you truly are stronger together. So I would, like, really advise getting yeah. on some kind of well, that, that just got a, a sort of kick-started a bit of momentum. I mean, Mars is a certified law of attraction coach as well. You've got a certification in that. I've been heavily involved in that for the last decade. And we know a lot of these things, but it's just really beautiful when... You, we almost did it on accident. It's like we, we didn't even try to do it, but it's like we know exactly why we did, why it worked and how yeah. it worked. You know, it's just one of those things. But now we're like, okay, well, if we can do that, what, what else can we do that with that this year? What else can we manifest this year? And we've got a couple of those set aside, which we'll save for when it happens. We're not going to spill the beans yet. Um, yeah. But it just got us, I think, um, re-inspired about what we can create mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's, it's, a, it's an ongoing lesson. You know, mm. we, I'm looking forward to bringing forward the next thing that yes. comes this year. Absolutely love that. I love that. Thank you for joining me on this and I appreciate you sharing your perspective um, on this and I feel like this was a really expansive year for our relationship and it it could have gone a different way really truly could have gone a different way so I just want to say I love you and I appreciate you I can't imagine a life without you oh I love you and I can't wait to marry you oh my gosh you guys were getting married in like five five weeks weeks, and your girl has burned the shit out of her shoulder um so if you follow me on Instagram you've seen my big ass burn that I did with a curling iron never burned myself in my life and of course five weeks before the wedding I'm going to scorch my shoulder but anyway, super excited to soon be mm. Mrs. Colossi. 
Anyway, it's uh, at the time of this recording, Christmas has just been so merry belated Christmas and it's almost New Year's. So, so happy, happy New, New Year. Year for all of you. I hope you have an amazing 2024 and we look forward to bringing you some bigger and better episodes in 2024.